and uh, then it got so cold that uh, one of them went into hypothermia, so it spent the night in the house. And uh, yeah, so Sharon's been, yeah, I know. So Sharon's been dealing with that, and we actually almost lost it. And, uh, you know, but thank God we've got other resources besides just the medical stuff. And uh, that's prayer, amen? And we just kept speaking, you're going to live and not die, and you're going to make it, and you're going to come out of this. And so anyways, he's doing great this morning. We'll put him back with his mom here in a little bit. But um, So she was up every two hours last night. So I said, take a break. It's okay. And uh, sleep in or whatever. And uh, so, but uh, yeah, you know, that's the joy of farming, right? You have, especially with animals and you have to deal, of course, you're Jeannie talking about, um, I think it was pickles too. Didn't they have problems with that fungus out of Katrina too on pickles that I remember Mark telling me about that they had to, he said, now it costs us more. We have to spray the pickles. And so anyways. So I want to talk to you this morning, I want to share with you from the Word some things um, about what God is doing right now. And um, we started this last year talking about God's vision for 2021, and uh, the Lord had really spoke to me about that He was going to do some new things, and He was going to make some new roads, and He was going to make some new rivers. And we talked about how that roads lead us to places, right? You took a road to get here. You didn't drive through the field. And uh, roads lead us to places. And uh, rivers bring things to us. There is a flow that happens through rivers. And our verses for the year is out of Isaiah chapter 43. So if you happen to have your Bible with you, I want you to turn there with me. And uh, I want to read this to you. Uh, just refreshing your thoughts about this. Those of you that were with us at the beginning of the year and heard this, uh, this will be a refreshing. Those of you that you weren't, then this will be brand new. So, verse 15, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. And thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horse and the army and the power They shall lie down together, and they shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are all quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And uh, then he finishes in verse 21 and says, This people I have formed for myself, and they shall declare, they shall declare my praise. And so when God gives this word to the Israelites, they're in captivity in Babylon. They're, they're, um, you know, they're, their country is in captivity, but he's letting them know that, look, no matter how bad it looks on the outside, I want you to know that I'm working on the inside. And uh, I think this is something we all have to remind ourselves of consistently. And I think Jeannie brought that up and, and uh, Chuck brought that up earlier as well. That, look, even though we see things happening around us, we have to remember that there is a greater hand at work than what we see. And that uh, God is moving. God is doing powerful things. He's creating new roads, which are new visions that he's giving his people, and he's creating new rivers, which is new provision that he's giving to his people. I believe that this is going to be a great year of provision for God's people. 
And, uh, you know, I was sitting down the other day with a crop consultant, and I said to him, um, I said, uh, this is going to be a great year. This will be a great year for farming. And his first response was, well, we're in a drought right now. Now, you know, and I wouldn't take that because we see the snow on the ground, right? We see that there's snow. And, but, you know, it takes 10 inches of snow to make one inch of rain. That's a lot, right? So, I mean, to, to make up the water table. So even though we see a lot of snow out there, that doesn't mean that there's enough. But it doesn't, my point with that is, is that what he automatically did was reference something to the past. That, well, we've had, you know, we, because there were droughts in the winter before, we didn't have good springs and we didn't have good harvests come fall. And that's what we typically do as God's people is, is that we're always referencing things in our lives to the past. And God tells us, look, don't, don't let yourself get caught into this thing of that you're remembering the former things, things that maybe didn't work out. All of us here have disappointments, frustrations, anger, things that we're questioning and wondering about. I have things I still wonder and question uh, about. But here's the thing. What God tells us to do is, is that you can spend all your time referencing these things back here, or you can get ready for what I'm going to do right now. Right now. And God is doing some really amazing things. There is a move that is going on in, our, in the world right now, but specifically in the United States. Um, I'm part of several different networks of pastors, and uh, the only thing that they can the only thing that they can say is, is that it looks like the pre-charismatic movement, what happened right before the charismatic movement began to spread across the, the country. And what was happening was, is people were getting hungry for the presence of God. And uh, some of us were part of that. And it didn't matter where we went to church. It didn't matter what we believed before. We knew all of a sudden that God wanted to do something more in our life. We weren't real sure what all that looked like, but there was a hunger that rose up in God's people to say, look, we want, to be, we want all the, everything God wants us to have. That's what we want. That's, that's what was going on. Well, you know, we, we're seeing that. We've seen that here in our church. We had a meeting the other night. Um, some of you were a part of on our Authority of the Believer, and one gentleman that was on there uh, who does not attend our church here, but he said to all of the group, he said, I've been a Christian for 40 years. He's an elder in the church, actually. And he said, uh, I've been a Christian for 40 years, and I have never seen anything like this in my life before or experienced anything like this before. I was watching the other day uh, one of the networks I'm a part of. The pastors were talking about what God is doing across the country. And they began to share how that what they're seeing is, is that people out of the pandemic are rising up and saying, I want a move of God in my life. I'm tired of, I don't want to just have religion as usual. I don't want to just have church as usual. And, and they brought up the point that after every major thing that has happened in the, in the world, that God has made a major move in the church. And um, after World War II, uh, when that all took place, one and two, there was a major move called what was called the healing revival that hit the United States. After Vietnam, we had the charismatic movement that actually and then led into what was called the word of faith movement. And a lot of that is still going on today. So there were these great awakenings that took place within the church 
that happened out of these great catastrophic things that were going on. Now, all of us haven't been affected necessarily at the same level with the pandemic stuff that's going on, but we know it's there and we know that it's been a global thing that has affected our world. It really has. You know, the church, chances are, uh, the way that we're going, church will never get back to what it used to be. But look, what it used to be really wasn't good enough anyways. We'll be in a hybrid movement of church for a long time, you know, maybe till Christ returns. And that is we'll be reaching people online as well as reaching people in the building. And we, you know, God's really cool about this because... God was trying to get people ready for this whole, to get online and to be able to reach people uh, through the vehicles that are out there. And I don't like any of the, you know, look, I don't like Facebook. I don't like it. I don't like Twitter. I don't even like Instagram. I don't like any of those, but I use all of them because it's a way that we can get the message out to people, okay? And uh, so when... When, when all of this happened, what God was, what's happened out of the midst of that is churches have really woke up and said, we got to get online. we got to start videoing our services. we got to start reaching out to people. We've got to start getting this message out. Our people can't come, and some of them won't come, so we've got to start. See how God moves in the midst of that? Now, we're not saying God caused a pandemic to happen, but we're saying that God used a pandemic to get people to wake up. That's called an awakening. Amen. It's called an awakening. And what God is trying to do is, is that he is trying to move across our land, but he's also moving across the world in such an incredible way. You know, we're not the only country that has been affected. You know, the South America has been affected. Central America has been affected. Europe has been affected. Africa has been affected. All around the world, um, countries have been affected by this whole situation. What I see that God is doing is, is that he's trying to do a new thing. And sometimes what has to happen for the new thing to happen is we have to realize the old thing isn't working anymore. The old thing isn't working anymore. Now, it doesn't mean the old thing's bad, okay? You know, like at my house, I have, a, um, I, have a, um, I have an electric beater, you know. And you could take that electric beater, you plug it in, you stick it down in a bowl, and you can beat up. Now, it used to have one that you could stick down in there. You didn't plug it in, you turned it. Anybody remember those? You just kept... Now, you got to go back a little ways, all right, and you turn it. Now, I could do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if there's a new way to do it that's quicker and accomplishes more and does a better job and doesn't wear me out in the process, why not do the new way? Now, I'm not saying we abandon the old ways. I'm just saying that we remember that God wants to do new things. So what God is doing with His church is, is that he is raising up a new road for his people. And he's bringing out of that, he wants us to know that there are new rivers. And we don't want to forget that because sometimes we get caught up in the, you know, well, God's given us a new vision. He's given us new. Remember, if God is guiding us, then God is providing for us in that. And I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about anointing that we need. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, you need more of God in your life. I don't care who you are. You need more of God's presence, power, 
and perspective in your life to do what God wants to accomplish through you. This move that God is, going, that God is doing right now, what's happened is, is it's taken all the focus off of buildings and it's put all the focus on the people. You'll hear prophets that are saying today that this is the year of the local church. That's true. Not the local pastor. It's the local church. You're the local church. We're the ones, you're the ones, and I'm part of the local church as well, even though I'm a pastor. We're the ones that God is going to use in our communities to affect his presence, power, and perspective wherever, wherever we're at. That's God's plan. Amen? So I want you to just, as we look at this passage, we say, he said, look, behold, don't consider the old things. Don't let that bind you up. Don't even remember where you've, don't even focus on where you've been. Because what I'm going to do in verse 19 is a new thing, and it's going to spring forth, and you shall know it. So I'm watching a video the other day of a couple of pastors. I'm taking a couple of courses online uh, to just keep my, my understanding of Scripture fresh. And one of them's a Baptist theologian, okay? And Baptists are typically, and there's a whole category, but they tend to be people that believe in what's called sensation, cessation, cessation, C-E-S-S-A-T-I-O-N. What cessation is, is that it's, a, it's an ideology that, in the book of Corinthians, when it talks about when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will, will stop, okay? And what they have for years looked at was saying that the full canon of Scripture was that which was perfect. And so when that which was perfect, meaning that uh, the, the, uh, the Bible, basically, that when that was given to mankind the works of the Holy Spirit stopped. The Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't do anything anymore. The Holy Spirit doesn't play any role in what's happening. Now we have the gospel, and that's what we're to take into all the world. Now, this guy believed that, and he, and he said that, I believed this for years, and he says, I'm among a bunch of people that believe this, but he says, I'm going to tell you today, I know it's not true. Now, that's a, listen, you, can't, you have to be, have been there to understand how big a deal that is. This is a theologian. This isn't like just some guy that's got 10 people in a church somewhere. This is somebody that is a leader in the Baptist community that's saying, we don't believe in cessation anymore because we know then that, that that which is perfect that's coming is Christ coming back to the earth. And that's the only thing that's perfect. And when he comes back, then all those gifts will cease. But until then, the church needs those gifts. So he did a whole thing then talking about the works of the Holy Spirit and that every one of us ought to be operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us ought to be operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us. See, I, I mean, you know, I'm not the most intelligent person, but if I see it over here and 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 I see it over here, then I know that something's happening. Amen. Something's happening. Part of one of the things that's happening, and, the, and it has to happen, okay? Part of it has to happen is, is that, it, is that um, in this move of the Holy Spirit that God is doing, is we're worrying less about our denominational backgrounds. Okay? And that's okay, because like I get together with a bunch of pastors, and their brethren, and Wesleyan, and 
Catholic and Lutheran. And guess what they all want? God to move. They all want God to move in our community. They all want that. So we don't sit around and talk about what our denomination believes or what our denomination is doing. What we sit around and talk about is, what is God saying? What is God speaking right now? We're going to have a Good Friday service with all of them here coming up. Um, uh, Good Friday, whatever date that is. It's at one in the afternoon that week, though. So we decided to, they wanted to, we wanted to move that back to one. But um, they're all going to come together. And we're all going to be here. And I believe God's going to do something really powerful. I hope you can be a part of that. I know some of you have to be at work. But, um, you know, if, if you can be here, it's going to be really phenomenal, I believe. Because God is going to spring forth. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. God is doing a new thing. Everybody say a new thing. New thing. Doesn't say that the bad was, the, the old was not good. It just says that's not what's necessary right now for what God wants to do. There are several people that I uh, look to for direction, and Jerry Savell happens to be one of those people. Um, Brother Savell is, uh, every year, God gives him a word from the Lord uh, back in October and November, and uh, I wanted to read to you, I wanted you to hear some of the things that God had spoken to, to Jerry Savell and uh, see if they don't bear witness with your spirit. So he said, the Lord came, up, came to him and said, a new era has begun, and more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth, and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see, I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it is true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word, it's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass, and great things I'll do. Yes, a new era is here, it's already begun, and I've planned, a marvelous, I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day, so rest assured, it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed, so stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me, and I'll have my way. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify, and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater, and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine, and I've already won." you weren't with us on Wednesday night, we always have to remember that we are fighting a warfare from a place of victory, not trying to get into victory. We're already victorious in Christ. We have to remember the position that we are in. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. The world will try to condition our thinking to thinking that we have to fight to get this victory. We do not have to fight anything but what the Bible tells us to fight, and that is the good fight of faith. 
laying hold of what God has said for us. Can I get a good amen? amen. All right. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you'll hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan and it shall be so. A great shaking, a great shifting, a great displacing will take place in your nation and then immediately... Following, there will come a great awakening and a great outpouring. Hallelujah. This is what you are to be watching for and what you are to be expecting as you enter into 2021. You'll see it. You'll see that it says, says the Lord. And remember when it happens that I told you before. You'll see it when it happens. And remember I told you beforehand. I'm in charge of the seasons and the times. And my purposes shall be fulfilled. I have the power to raise up and bring down. And no man and no government and certainly no adversary will stop what I have planned. So lift your hands and praise me and know that I have everything under control. Don't fear the future because it's still bright and I'll see you through each and every fight. So stay in faith and watch what you say. Speak only my word and I'll have my way. It's never my will for you to fail. It's always my will for you to prevail. So don't be moved by what you hear and see. This is how you enter into greater victories. Be bold and courageous and stay free from all fear for 2021 is going to turn out to be a great year. I'll take you higher than you've ever been before. This is my promise and my promises are sure. So stay in my word and rest in me for this is your year to be totally free. Hallelujah. Now, I, I agree with what Jeannie said, and the Lord really spoke to me the other night. Cast not away your confidence. The only one that can cast your confidence away is you. The word confidence, if you do a study into it, it means your outspokenness, your boldness. It's the declarations of what you're saying over your life, over your family, over your country over your government, over your finances, over your health, over your properties, over everything that you have to do with. Remember when God showed up to Joshua. I mean, what a horrible deal Joshua was faced with. A bunch of people who fought with Moses all the days of Moses' ministry. I mean, fought with him. And here he's put in charge. Moses is dead. Joshua, I think Joshua was hoping, because, you know, Moses took off up into the Mountains didn't come back. I'm sure, you know, Joshua's thinking, well, maybe he's coming back, okay? You ever felt like that? Well, maybe, maybe they'll, well, let's just wait a little longer. Maybe he'll be back, okay? So the Israelites are all freaking out and like, what are we going to do? And how do we get to the promised land? And how's that all going to happen? And God shows up and said, okay, let me make it clear to you. Moses is dead. That's what he said to him. So he made it real clear. You weren't there. I was there. Moses died. Okay. I buried him. And he did. You'll never find him. So don't go looking for him. See, don't remember the former things. That's where we've been. Now he said, Joshua, be strong and courageous for I am with you. That's the word for you, my friend. Be strong and courageous. Daniel said in chapter, I think it's 10, 
uh, 10.32 maybe, he says that those who know their God will be strong and will do mighty exploits. Those that know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. So what is God saying for you and I? What is God's plan for you and I? God's plan is for you and I to surrender to his plan to surrender to his guidance, to surrender to what he wants to accomplish, to realize that even in the midst of the worst of circumstances that could be happening, and look, it's been horrible for some folks. I, I have people that I've talked to that still, even after, you know, um, first of all, let me say, COVID-19 is not the, just a flu, okay? Some people, their bodies are permanently damaged from what has happened. But that's, I don't take that as a bad thing because that's where we come in and lay hands on people and we pray for miraculous healing. Amen. Amen. God can restore stuff that's been damaged. So some of them are still not doing well, but the power is in the hands of God's people. And the miracles, you say, well, no, God has got the miracles. The power is in the hands of God's people, not in the hands of God. God wants to use his people to take that power. Well, get them over here to church. See, now there's where we're going to make a mistake. Because it's not about getting people to church. It's about the church going to the people. We're to remember the first part of the gospel message was go into all the world. Go where they're at. Go to where the sick are. Go to where the hurting are. And help them, help them get victory through this, help them, you know, fight. It's so easy for us, and, 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 and I'm going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's so easy, and I've had to deal with this too, that we could sit in judgment over people that what they're doing and how they're responding to this whole deal that's going on in our world. But are we really putting the time in to try to help them to get the victory over whatever they're struggling with? It's always easy for us to point out the speck in our brother's eye while we got a big old log shoved in our own. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Wow, that was, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Are we really doing what it takes? Are we really trying to, are we trying to take the love and power and presence of Christ to our communities and people that are struggling? And there are people that really are struggling. They are really struggling. You say, well, I don't, I don't know who they are. Well, they're not here, so figure it out. <laughs> and so we have, to, we have to take the presence and the power and the anointing to these people that need this and say, I'm with you in this, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to fight through this by the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get a good amen? Amen. New roads, new rivers, new vision, new provision. The church will not look like it used to look. I can tell you right now. It's going to, we'll always want that, you know, because that's familiar to us. We want to go back to, remember when we all gathered together and it was all wonderful and we all, and, and, and we'll remember, and we all want that kind of a thing. But look, What God's wanting to do is he's saying to us, that wasn't bad, but now this is what I'm wanting to do. I'm wanting you to be the church. It's time to start taking the sermons you've heard and go out into your community and start giving them to people.
Amen. Most of God's people have a PhD in learning in church. They got notebooks and notes and information. So what are we going to do with all of that? It's not just so we can be more cerebral and have a bunch of head knowledge and be intellectuals. It's so that we can take these messages that God is giving us and transform communities with the presence and power of Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want to read one last thing to you, and uh, then we'll wrap up this morning. And um, back in the 60s, a guy by the name of Tommy Hicks had a great vision um, about the church. And this was like a prelude to what was going to happen in the charismatic renewal that took place in the United States. And uh, Tommy uh, talked about that vision and wrote it all down so that the church would have it. He's long passed away since then, but he wanted the, church to, the churches to have this, and so I wanted to read this parts of this to you. It's pretty long, but uh, he said it was on the 25th of July in 1961 that he received this prophetic vision of the body of Christ and the anti-ministry, okay? So this is what, uh, it, start, it happened at 2.30 in the morning in Winnipeg, Canada, He said, I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision and revelation that God gave to me came before me. The vision came three times, which a lot of times God will do that to confirm it. You know, the scripture talks about that. So he said exactly in the same detail, the morning of July 25th, 1961, he said, I was so stirred and so moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the last end time ministry. The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ that has ever been given to the church lies straight ahead of it. I believe that. It's so hard to help men and women to realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give his people in the end time. So he said, the vision appeared to me after I was asleep. I found myself at a great, great high distance where I was. I do not know, but I was looking down upon the earth. And suddenly... The whole earth came into view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight. From the east and from the west and from the north and the south. And I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in. And I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld the sight before me. And at that moment, as the earth came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. And as the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downwards And I was facing the north, and suddenly I beheld what looked like a giant. And as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great in stature. His feet seemed to reach to the north pole and his head to the south. Its arms were stretched from sea to sea, and I could not even begin to understand whether this was a mountain or whether this be a giant. But as I watched it, I suddenly beheld this great giant. And I could see it was struggling for life, to even live. But the body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at times, this great giant would move its body and act as though it would even rise up at times. And when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous-looking creatures would run away from this giant. And when he would become calm, they would come back. All of a sudden, this great giant lifted his hands towards heaven. And then I... then. It lifted its other hand, and when it did, these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness and into the night. Slowly, this great giant began to rise, and as he did, his head and his hands went into the clouds. 
He rose to his feet and he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands into the heavens as though praising the Lord. And as he raised his hands, it was even unto the clouds. And suddenly every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver I've ever known. And as I watched this phenomena, it was so great, I could not even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred as I watched and I cried unto the Lord and I said, O Lord, what is this meaning? And it felt as if I was actually in the spirit and could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. And from the cloud, suddenly there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon the mighty giant. And slowly the giant began to melt and sink, as it were, into the very earth itself. And as he melted, his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth. And this great rain began to come down. Liquid drops of light, as it were, began to flood the very earth itself. And as I watched the giant that seemed to melt, suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth. And as I beheld the sight before me, people stood up all over the world and they were lifting their hands and they were praising the Lord. And at that very moment, there came a great thunder and it seemed to roar from the heavens. I turned my eyes towards the heavens and suddenly I saw a figure in white, glistening white, the most glorious thing I've ever seen in my life. I did not see the face, but somehow I knew that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he stretched forth his hand and as he did, he would stretch forth his hand upon the peoples and upon the nations of the world and men and women. And as he pointed towards them, the liquid light seemed to flow from his hand into this person and mighty anointing of God came upon them. And these people to began to go forth in the name of the Lord. He said, I don't know how long I watched it, but he said, it just seemed like blackness was swallowed up on the face of the earth as these people went forth with that anointing that was upon them. And he goes on and he talks about, there's a lot more to it, but talks about miracles were happening everywhere, but it wasn't happening because the pastor was anointed or the worship pastor was anointed or the evangelist was anointed. It was happening because God's people were surrendering to being the body of Christ. So let me leave you with this thought. Ephesians tells us that he has put all things under his feet and gave Christ to be the head over all things to his church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The plan of God is that all things be put under the feet, the authority to be established, that we as God's people put what belongs under our feet back under our feet. Amen. Under our feet. And that's spiritual. I'm not talking about natural stuff right now. I'm talking about spiritual. You have to deal with the spiritual first, then the natural. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, first of all, as it is in heaven. What does heaven say? So look, if you've been discouraged and you've been downcast and you've been thinking about casting away your confidence or you're ticked off about what's happening or what's going on or what could happen, what did happen, what might happen, what you read about, what you heard about, what your family told you about, what the news said to you. I want to give you some good news this morning. There is a great awakening happening in God's church. And I want to be right in the middle of it. Would you stand with me, please? I want to be right in the middle of it. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Jesus, we thank you. 
Lord, your perspective gives us hope. Your words give us comfort, Lord. You show us, Lord God, that we are in a place of victory already. And we are like that giant, Lord God. We're laying down when we should be standing up. Our hands are tied when they should be lifted to heaven. We're allowing the things of this world that should be growing strangely dim, as the song says, to become way, way, way too bright, Lord God. So, Father, today we set ourselves to remove the debris from our lives. We set ourselves, Lord God, to remove the things that we have allowed to create chaos in our lives, Lord God, politics and economics, Lord God, and strife, all the things that we have allowed, Lord God, to rob and to steal and to kill from us, to, to kill our hope and our vision, Lord. And we determine, Lord, to live an abundant life, Lord, as we put our focus and our heart and our mind upon you. Lord, you're doing a new thing. You're giving us a new road. That road, Lord God, is right in the middle of chaos. That road is in, is it for the Israelites? It was through the Red Sea, but you saw a road there. Lord, whatever seas that we're facing, Lord God, that might seem overwhelming and daunting to us, Lord God, you have created a road for us through the midst of it. Lord, may we see the new road that you have laid out instead of the sea that everybody else seems to see. Lord, may we see that provision in the deserted places, those places, Lord God, that seem like they have been in drought and arid, but yet, Lord God, you can make streams in the desert and rivers to flow, water from a rock that no one saw. So, Lord, we set ourselves in agreement today. We will not let any sin, any person, any politician, we will let no one stand between us and our God and his plan for our lives. Can I get a good amen? amen. And Father God, we determine today that we will set our mind and our affections upon you. We hear your words, Lord God. Cast not away your confidence, your outspokenness, your boldness, for it has a great, great recompense of reward. You will reap in due time, as long as you don't quit, as long as you don't faint. So God, we thank you today that you give us the strength to not faint. As your word says, Lord God, we will run and we will not be weary, and we will walk and we will not faint, that we will mount up with wings like eagles, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that that is what you have decreed from your word as the heritage of the servants of the Lord. We will be renewed in our mind, Lord God, renewed in our perspective, and renewed in our relationship with the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. I declare in this place, Lord God, upon every person here, that this week the Holy Spirit will manifest upon them. Lord, those manifestations are in your hands. 
The willingness is in our part. For every heart and every life that would say, Lord, use me this week. Use me to touch people. Use me to take an encouraging word. Use me, Lord God, to, to, be, to bring life, Lord. Use me to bring vision. Use me to bring provision, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that the manifestations of the Spirit are given for the profit of everybody, according to your word in the book of 1 Corinthians 12. And we surrender to that in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, I, I'm going to do this this morning. This, we don't normally do things this way at the end. We usually have a plan. But uh, I'm, I would, anybody that would say, look, Pastor, would you lay hands on me this morning just so that, you know, I just could really, it, it, I think it will help me. I think it will help me as I'm moving forward. I think it will help me as I'm, as I, you know, to just break through. It will help me rise up above it. But if you want, I, I'm not waiting. So if you want that, come now, okay? Um, and we'll do that right now. So we're not going to beg. I don't beg. I don't beg for what God wants to freely give you. Amen. Amen. And I just believe that the presence of the Lord, there's something here. There's something here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Now, we're not requiring everyone to come, but if this is something that you need, we want you to receive this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God.